0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit.
1: He finished 13 and 3, a 13 win season for the third time in franchise history. I've been dreaming this my whole life. It's time have you.
2: Yeah. It's time to put in the work. Yeah. Every man gonna dominate. Right, Offense, defense, professional team. Let's go. What are we talking about? Greg Zerline yeah. sends the Rams
3: to the Super Bowl.
1: It's Thursday evening. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. That's right, folks. What you're listening to right now is the brand new intro. Thanks a lot. Shout out to our buddies over there at Rampage Radio Pod. J Rob did a great job on the podcast. Um, seriously, <laughs> I should, you know, if you guys ever need some audio done, you should talk to J Rob for real. He did a great job on that. Um, totally loved it. So there you go. There is our brand new intro, the one you guys would just not leave us alone about. Seriously. Stop stalking us about the intro. We got a new one, okay? There we go. Folks, this is Derek C. Paul here with Clutch Points, Director of Content Strategy, Dylan Regan. Uh, folks, I, I know, I know, we just pat, we just uh, partnered up with Clutch Points, but I've been meaning to have Dylan on the show for a while now, mostly so I can see, hey, Dylan, do you actually listen to the show? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta <kinda> ask him. <laughs> Throw you on the spot, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, more than a few
3: times. More, more than, than a few, than few times.
1: times. So, um, big Rams fan goes to quite a few games, and so today's a day, and especially where we're going to focus so much on the media, and some of the crazy stuff since the Super Bowl, <laughs> I mean, just bananas stuff, that, uh, you know, we had to bring him on and really talk about it. Also, later on, towards the end of the show, I talked with the Athletics, Vinny Bonsignore earlier, we're going to get a little bit of the feel for Rams, uh, for Rams camp out there, and see, um what he's hearing, which honestly isn't much yet. It's just, you know, getting some kind of a feel for what happened and, and moving forward. But, you know, for, hey, Dylan, first things first, man. How are you doing after the Super Bowl loss?
3: Uh, better than if you asked me probably Monday or Sunday night. I wasn't doing uh, fantastic at that time, a little upset. Emotions got the best of me. I try to watch even the Rams with an objective point of view, just as I do any other team. But during the Super Bowl, that was not the case uh, at all. I was cussing up a storm at our office here, actually. <laughs> but, you know, at this point, I'm able to look back, appreciate how far the franchise has come in the, since they've moved to Los Angeles. I mean, after watching that first season uh, getting to this point, it's hard to really feel downcast on the uh, whole situation moving forward with all the young talent they have. Overall, still appreciative of what's happened over the last two years. Yes, it's disappointing. That obviously they had an opportunity in front of them to seize that game, but at the end of the day, still thankful that we have the team in Los Angeles as a native Angelino, and then also that they're this good this quickly.
1: Well, that's kind of the thing too. You know, when, when the game when the game first happened, I remember like the day before the game, I was like, you know, what am I going to do? They lose? I've been covering this team hard for the last year. Am I going to? Am I going to cry in the corner? Um, am I going to? How am I going to handle this? But it really broke down to. They didn't get blown out. It would have been embarrassed if they had got blown out. They didn't. They didn't. They got outplayed, but yeah. they didn't get bl- they didn't get blown out, and they didn't lose a heartbreaker. So it wasn't like a dagger going to your heart. So what you could go away with is you know what they got there. They lost. You, there's no other way to say it. In that, in a lot of ways, you can you can walk away from that going okay. Keep going forward now. They didn't get robbed, and they weren't embarrassed. So let's see what they can do next year. I mean,
3: that's kind of how I thought. I'm not sure how that's where you settled. I mean, I, you mentioned that they got outplayed, and it's that's very true, obviously, given the total yards. And you look at the first half, all the three and outs, whereas the Pats were at least moving the ball, making things happen. But so one encouraging thing to take away was how the defense was able to kind of bend but not break, hold them to the field goal attempt that they missed after the uh, Roby Coleman call, which, you know, what about we can say what we want about that? And then also the, uh, oh, say the drive before. Say it! Say it. That I was mean, garbage. We know it was, I mean, mean, know he's was garbage. Football. He's playing football. <laughs> I mean, it. I, I. I get the whole safety thing, but that wasn't. This isn't like a a guy getting blown up over the middle on a post twenty five yards up the seam. This is a little pass in the in the flat. And he squares him up, hits him right through. I mean, if if uh, I think it was Burkhead. if he doesn't duck, then he doesn't hit him in the helmet. He hits him straight in the chest. So that was inferior at the time. That obviously extended that drive. But beyond that, the point I was going to get at. They got outplayed, but they it was still a three-three game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they overcame that and had the chance to win. That was encouraging, and that's a product I think of the culture McVeigh's kind of been able to create. Obviously, Wade Phillips and that game plan and what the defense is able to do was incredible. So those things you can take as positives um, from that game, especially. I mean, if you'd like, I think you guys mentioned on your pod. With Michael on Monday, if they had gotten, if you said before the game that they're going to give up 13 points and they're going to lose, no one would believe that. Like no, that, no, just wouldn't, wouldn't, I mean, no. I wouldn't believe they're going to give up only 13 in general, <laughs> let alone lose. So, that,
1: and that is to the credit. You know, and I mentioned this later when we talked to Vinny. The footage later on, the Jared Goff interception, We <laughs> he slipped. <laughs> he slipped. And people mm-hmm. didn't realize, they didn't go back and see the footage. And that's a throw we've seen him make throughout the year. That's a throw we saw him oh, yeah. nail in the Minnesota game, and so he doesn't slip. Cooks is yet. right there. I think he gets that. I think he's got it right in that corner of the end zone. Different uh-huh. story, of course, and of course the Cooks pass in the back of the end zone, which McCordy came back there. You yeah. know, they just need a couple. They need Goff need to see that sooner and get the ball out, and that's a touchdown. Whole different game. We never know what's going to happen.
3: Yeah, we just no, don't know. He- if he makes those passes, I mean, especially the first one, obviously that one's tough to watch when you see how long Cooks was open. If he just processes what's happening earlier, there's no, McCourty has no chance to make that great play. Um, and, yeah, like you said, he slips on that final pass. And, obviously, the play before where Cooks, even though his arm was hooked just a tad, I wouldn't call P.I. on that, but still had a chance to catch that one. Could mm-hmm. have been tied right there. Goff has the ability, and if he sees the pass, he's able to make those deep like 30 to 40 yard kind of over the shoulder throws on the money the issue here a few times which I know it's a product not just of his own fault but just processing the zone defenses that Belichick and uh, Brian Flores are putting out there uh, just not seeing things quick enough and that's been an issue for him I know in the past but I believe I mean he's 24 that's one thing he has the talent he's processing things quicker and now Belichick gives you a kind of a template for what you need to work on. He shows you where your weaknesses are. So now you got to respond over this next uh, however many months before training camp and just work on these kind of things to hopefully not be in that spot again, not a, not let this opportunity uh, go away. And you know the moment the 2019 season kicks off,
1: teams are going to go out in quarter zone mm-hmm. and just see what the Rams are doing to deal with it. They're going to go out there right away and test that. So we'll find out real quick if the Rams – uh, figure this out. They will. I mean, you you don't. It's it's just a game of chess, and this time it's going to go over the course of two seasons. So mm-hmm. we'll see. All right, folks. Before we get knee deep in today's show, we do want to remind you that we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. Oh, and in case you weren't listening. You can also find our podcast listed with Clutch Points. we partner partnered with them. Folks, they feature an, uh, some awesome app, an awesome app that puts loads of information about the NBA and the NFL at your fingertips, fingertips, Jeez. Check them out at ClutchPoints.com or download the app. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave those five-star reviews on iTunes. Subscribing is the most important part. Uh, the five-star reviews are really helpful. It gives people an eye view of what we do and who we are but subscribing helps us move up the charts. It helps make make us more searchable. So help us out. And don't forget our other shows on the network, Rampage Radio and Bunny Heads. Okay, so Dylan, it's the white elephant, man. It's the big elephant in the room. Uh, the Rams are greeted by an, am- <laughs> an amazing headline coming back on their flight in on Monday, stating in the front, Lambs, not Rams. So let me lay this out for you because there are several new Rams fans out there. Uh, especially the ones who came out there when the Rams moved in historically the name lambs has been used to disparage both Rams both the Rams and Rams fans for decades especially by arch rival teams like the 49ers for example when my family moved to Youngstown Ohio from California in 1987 I was like the only Rams fan here but Youngstown was the headquarters of Eddie DeBartlow, the owner of the 49ers. So I had Browns, Steelers, and 49ers fans harassing me daily with lambs, 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 lambs. And many fans are like me. So here we go. This has been standing. We're talking 40 years, 30 years of this, okay? And for the LA Times to do that, man, Rams social media went after them. They went after them hard. It struck a chord, Dylan. You and I, we both work in media. I run Rams Talk, and now we're partnering with you guys over there. I write for you guys. You you deal. You guys are out in SoCal, by the way. <laughs> I mean, you guys are out there. What are your thoughts yeah. on this headline? What, what were your when you saw that? Were you like, oh my gosh?
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, on a just on a personal level, it's a little different than like as you mentioned. your all those years of hearing that and kind of getting those things thrown at you just as an LA sports fan. I'm so used to being disparaged for like, you know, fair weather fan, all the, you know, all the different things Mm -hmm. that are said about, uh, sports fans down here. Um, I kind of just brushed it aside just myself. I'm like, well, I mean, whatever, like that, that was my first reaction. I was like, I, but then I saw all the people and like, like yourself now saying this and then other people on social media that were really taken aback by it. I mean, they are supposed to be an unbiased source, but at a certain point, you have to keep in mind who your customers are, right? Like, you don't want to <laughs> just completely call them out and make them, f- after this big disappointment of a game, instead of looking back on the season as a whole and all the se- good things that happened, which I believe they did have some articles that went over that, mm-hmm. you just have this big headline that's right on the front of the paper. Like, no one now, like, some people may have wanted to keep that. Uh, front page even after the loss be like you know this is the beginning of the new era in LA with McVay and you know they came up short but if they do get back there and win a Super Bowl eventually you can look back at this moment as a defining part of their next step forward instead no one's going to want to keep that <laughs> newspaper yeah <laughs> like no one's going to be putting that one in a with all the old stuff from the Lakers and the you know Dodgers in the 80s all the old newspapers of the like that so
1: well, that's the weird thing that was the headline of the newspaper. The sports section said Ram shackled and mm-hmm. I know a few pan- a few fans had some problems with that um but i didn't i'm like, well, you still have to report the news and and you know what they were they were shackled up. Uh, yeah. a, i didn't have a problem with that. It was the lambs dot Rams because we've been hearing this for thirty forty years, mm-hmm. and for your own hometown newspaper to greet the rams with that as they're flying in i mean yeah you're supposed to cover objectively well then if you're covering Mm -hmm. objectively why would you put something disparaging that would that would imply that hey we have a problem with you i mean it would imply the exact opposite in a lot of ways so why put it up there
3: yeah Uh, it's it's all about grabbing attention i'm guessing right like now we're talking about it At the moment, like it's those kind of things where, but at a certain point, it's not all all coverage is good coverage, right? Like we're talking about it in a negative light. Um, So yeah, I mean, they did average what thirty, almost thirty three points a game and score three in the Super Bowl. So yes, it's disappointing, but you have to have an awareness, like like you just mentioned, of what the what the words mean. Like you can still have a headline that is about you know kind of reflects the disappointing nature of the game that doesn't like insult a fan base. They did. I saw right uh-huh. before we got on. I think Mike Heiserman, I'm not sure what he does for the LA Times, but they did issue an apology. He said in retrospect, not the best choice because it could, in some cases, definitely was taken as a cheap shot. Team had a great season, so this whole thing they did kind of try to send an apology. But you know, that's that's one guy tweeting that, right? That's not like it's not like they posted in the newspaper well, an apology.
1: Well, they did, but you know, the, the funny thing about that post you just mentioned is in his in his tweet, he actually wrote. At Rams, he didn't mm-hmm. even do. He didn't even get the Rams Twitter handle Rams right. NFL,
3: right? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, dude, you couldn't even get it right. You know, and so I believe his apology was sincere. But man, cross your T's <laughs> and dot your eyes. You know, you have a fan base that you know. The L.A. Times is the newspaper in Los Angeles. You are representative of your city, and you know that team now, the Rams. Let's let's throw the charges out of there. The charges don't represent that fan base. They don't. This isn't mm-hmm. a Rams town now. The Chargers have a long way to go to win some. Win this over. They they're not going to win it over with the way the Rams are going. And so, it makes no sense. But they did issue a apology in terms of a graphic, and it, it talked about thanking the Rams for coming back to the city mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But really, it just reads like damage control. Is what it, to me you just damage control. You are losing subscribers. Everybody I've talked to has gotten rid of their subscription.
3: Yeah, it's a big deal. Like you, you, have customers. They're here. Like they don't, they don't owe you anything. Like, like they're paying to read your print. And obviously, they can read a lot of it online, regardless of subscribing. Like you can get a certain amount of you know article views without having a subscription. So. They're doing like you know they're they're a big part of how the L.A. Times is able to keep going, and you insult them, it's just not not the best approach for like knowing like who your subscribers are from a, a print media company. But you know, I like like I said before, on a personal level, I'm just it's kind of like it's just a headline. It doesn't affect what the Rams are doing themselves. As a fan, it doesn't have to affect how you feel about the team. Uh, but I do understand. It does, it did strike a chord with quite a few people. Yeah. And
1: look at the flip side of it, too. Okay. You know, we have Rams Talk here, uh, other, sh- other sites, Turf Show Times, um, Downtown Rams, all those places that offer Rams content. You guys offer Rams content, and we're sending our podcasts over to you guys. And mm-hmm. so all these online media sites that present Rams content are sitting there looking at the LA Times going, man, that was really stupid. You, you're charging people. You're charging people for, Ram, you know, to read your newspaper, and I can go out there and get free content from Rams Talk and from, and from Clutch Points and from ESPN.com, all these different places. It's just bad business. Well, you just go mm-hmm. ahead and slap your slap your customers around a little bit, and it's just bad business. Here's yeah. something. So, in fairness, Gary Klein over there did a good job covering
3: the team this year, but man, that's a little bit of a shame. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not really, you know, on the writers, though, I guess, is one last sure. thing I would say about that. They're not the ones writing the headlines, so that's one reminder. If, if I hope no one's tweeting at Gary or any of their writers because they're not the ones who decided to put that there.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. Let's hope they didn't. Okay, folks. So the, there. We, we hammered the nail in that cough and we, we kicked that dog off. Well, not the dog. That's, that would be kind of a felony. But – we, we hit the, you know, beat that proverbial horse, it's gone now, so let's move on a little bit, because we had more media hijinks this week, but first, we do want to, hey, say, look, we know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams' history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawks, Hollywood's teen grit, glamour, in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out his son's father and the team he played for in an era of glitz glamour and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Grace Lee's hirsch Tom Fierce, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawks' book online at Hollywoodsteam.com and on the Twitter at Hollywoodsteam it's available both on hardback and let's try form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble one more thing folks one more thing Jim gives all of his proceeds to charity in Los Angeles it does not make a dime off this book so you can help others get a great history book um, I've read it cover to cover sooner or later Dylan will because I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know harass him until he does and it, it's just <laughs> worth every penny folks check it out how was team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It is well worth your time. Okay. More media hijinks. Here we go. Okay. Pro Football Talks. Mike Florio. Oh, boy. People just love this guy. This is bananas, okay? Writes an article after the game. Asking about how long Jared Goff will be the Rams quarterback. Now mind you, he just finished year three. He's going to year four. The Rams will make their decision now, not now, but very soon, to pick up his fifth year. And the chatter in his article is the well, how do I even say this. He he more than implies the Rams will go after of all people, Kirk Cousins. His Kirk Cousins contract expires in two years. Dylan, <laughs> uh, you you put you put out a lot of content every day. Your site, puts, you know, Clutch Points puts out a ton of content. We know that sometimes when it comes to putting out articles and headlines, we're trying to be snappy, we're trying to get writers, you know, we're going to walk that line sometimes with clickbait. I think this is more than clickbait. This is a bit idiotic. What a problem. What are the problems with an
3: article like this? Especially when you're – I, I you know, I listen to Pro Football Talk Live every now and then. I've always, I've enjoyed Mike Florio. I don't always agree with what he says, but the issue when you're someone like him that has, you know, sources and is respected in the business, it's not just like a kid for some website writing an article about why the Rams should pursue X player instead of X player. Like in this case, it's someone like Mike who's talking about. Like, just pure speculation. It's The title doesn't... If you read the actual article, it says how long... Or the title is, How Long Will Jared Goff Be the Rams Quarterback? It makes you think he, as Mike Florio, has some sort of source telling him mm-hmm. maybe they're thinking about going in a different direction. And that's not the case at all. It's, it's purely speculation that uh, the Rams, because of McVay's history with Cousins, would consider in two years... <laughs> completely going against I think what Goff at the time would be 26 and Cousins I'm not sure exactly how old going restarting with this the offense they've built everything they've done and bringing in a guy who just took a team that went to the NFC title game not no offense to Kirk Cousins it's not all on him but they didn't make the playoffs there was a lot of other issues with injuries and different things with the coaching staff but nonetheless it's kind of it's very, very much a prisoner of the moment kind of thing, and they're trying to capitalize on all the anti Goth sentiment after the Super Bowl. But yeah, again, just the fact that it's Mike Florio who says this—it's not just some kid that's writing at one of these websites. It's a guy that's well mm-hmm. connected. When he says something like that, it carries a little more uh, oomph to it. So it's—it's it's, you'd think he wouldn't say something like this unless he actually heard something along the lines of maybe the Rams. Are actually going to do this? That's it's just speculation because of what McVeigh and Cousins did in Washington and Goff's struggles in the Super Bowl. Well, you know, we had um,
1: when we did our tour around the league, and I'm sorry, the name is just slipping my mind right now. But we had a guy from from the Redskins Capital Connection come on, former player, and again, I'm sorry in the moment, just he the moment kind of came to my mind. We asked him about Kirk Cousins, and then they bring in Alex Smith. And I said, you know, you had a guy who put all these massive numbers for you, and you let him go. You know, isn't Alex Smith kind of a downgrade? And he laughed at me. and goes, no, no, absolutely not. And I'm paraphrasing him. Uh, You know, Kirk Cousins was not the guy. So, And you flash back a little further, the Rams, when Sean McVay took over, he didn't have to commit to Jared Goff. They still could have went after Kirk Cousins in Mm -hmm. free agency. They didn't have to commit. You know, they could have moved him around, made a trade. He's on a rookie contract. You could get you'll find somebody who'll want him. But they made no move for that. There was no even not even an inclination. He had his shot to go out there and get him. He could've traded with Washington if they really wanted him. And he didn't. I think it tells you a lot right there. And so for Mike Florida to actually write this article based off a Super Bowl performance, we got this guy's 23, 24 years old, <laughs> playing a, a nine time Super Bowl team here. The one six of them, he's got. He's running for his life. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the pass rush was insane. <laughs> They're throwing a zone at you that you have not seen much this year, and this is what you're going to do. This is this. That's your. This is, you're, you're going to say. Well, hey, let's go ahead and. <laughs> oh, who's <laughs> out there, Kirk Cousins? That's who. Let's look at Kirk Cousins. Cousins, he was. It makes no sense to me, and it just seems like lazy. Lazy journalism. I'm, I'll be honest. Lazy journalism to me.
3: It's it's also funny to me because Mike Florio has made comments about how he doesn't think Kirk Cousins has the ability to be, win the big one. He always talks about his performance in primetime games against teams with winning records. So for him to go from that to this point, I don't even know if he truly believes <laughs> it himself. Given what he's, I've heard him saying right before. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of it's just hard to really fathom the idea, It's it seems like it's completely, again, just capitalizing on what happened with Goff, and this, I'm sure their site was getting a lot of views after the game, and it, I'm sure this article itself, as, we, as I have it open on my laptop, still continues to get views. And, yeah. you know, it's just lacking a lot of context around, yes, Goff did struggle, obviously, but talking about anything that happened in the two playoff games before that, some of the things schematically the Rams did did not really put him in a place to have enough protection and really be able to read the defense given what he's done all year. It, it just lacks a lot of, uh, m- like, that what I don't know, not really any sources, nothing about it is uh, something that has any uh, bearing.
1: It seems like you're trying to figure the right word. I think the right word for it is lacking an informed opinion, really, here. You don't really know anything about this franchise if you think they're just going to go let Jared Goff go. Jared Goff is a perfect fit with the Rams. His mentality, his, um, his attitude, just the way he kind of takes things as it goes. And so for the Rams just to give up on him for a guy who ha- at his age has not really proven anything except the fact that you pile up regular season numbers. I don't want, you know, I, I know Minnesota had some problems this year, but you can't tell me that he didn't have weapons out there. Adam Thalen, Dalvin Cook, Kyle Rudolph, they had weapons. Stephon Diggs, Minnesota, had players there for him. So don't tell me they couldn't be successful with him at quarterback, and they weren't really all that. The offense was eh. Eh. (laughs) I mean, blame John DeFlippo all you want, but he's not under center. Kirk Cousins is. Yeah,
3: I mean, they had their own issues with their offensive line, obviously. Sure. and inability to run the ball uh, consistently, but yeah, nonetheless, like you said, they still had a lot of these weapons and advantages to work with. And it's not there's just nothing about what he's done without McVeigh that would say he's going to be better than what Goff was this year. I, if you straight up like switch swap teams, I'm not sure. Like I, I, don't think the Rams would have gone 13 and three with Cousins. Just on a personal level, I do watch I was pretty much every game. Uh, as many condensed games as I can if I'm watching, you know, nine things at once for work. Um, and obviously, I always watch the Rams game after. But from what I saw from Cousins, I mean, yes, he he still has a strong ability, and I still think he can, you know, take Minnesota to possibly a division title as the Packers overturn their whole situation and the Bears. Who knows if they'll be able to keep everyone together and stay healthy. But I, I don't how I don't know how you could see that. And just given the age and how much money Cousins is making, like this isn't really about money, right? Like it's not like if they bring, if they want to extend Goff after uh, his fifth year, it's still going to be around the same money that what Cousins got in the first place. It's, this isn't a money issue. It's about a quarterback issue and who's under center. There's not. I just can't fathom it with the age and everything that Goff has done. It's like you said. It's just a little bit ill-informed and kind of just quick. It's prisoner of the moment. Uh, kind
1: of thing. Well, speaking of ill-informed, I think this was even worse, okay? Brad Gagnon. Uh, uh, Brad, if I, if I say your name, I apologize think it's Gagnon. Um, for Blutriot Report, this guy's in the PFWA, he's written all kinds of places, and wrote this article saying the Rams must explore trading Todd Gurley and his record-setting contract. Now, I popped this baby open for all of Ten seconds. I scanned for one thing. Where are the contract details? <laughs> all he had was the basic number. Right? He doesn't talk about anything like dead cap money or anything. Mm-hmm. How do you write an article like this responsibly? I mean, this 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 is the hot take of all hot takes. This is like you watch the game, figured everybody sucks, and we're <laughs> gonna get just get rid of everybody. Start with Todd Gurley. How do you do that? By the way, the dead cap number. Sixteen point nine million dollars. They can't trade him. He's untradable right now. You will burn sixteen point nine million dollars. It took five seconds to go over to spot track to look at his salary <laughs> cap details. What the deuce, man? I mean, come on.
3: What were you thinking when you read this thing? I you know, I struggled to get through the whole thing because as you mentioned, knowing how the how dead cap works and how like just you know, just the one game thing and how the last few games of the season, it's tough to it's tough to really read the whole article without just kind of wanting to turn away because you're constantly wishing you could, you know, rebuttal some of the things that are written um, without the context, without realizing, hey, like like you said, teams that are eat into dead cap that really like play with that whole game, they do not end up well. It does. The NFL is hard enough as it is with the cap, trying to fill out a roster, trying to have depth. And then if you if you're just throwing burning cash, as you mentioned, it's going to be tough to fill out a roster with enough talent to withstand the injuries that are going to uh, come up throughout the course of a season. So that, on top of just, I mean, yes, Gurley, you know, whatever. <laughs> trying hard
1: not to laugh this one through, are you? <laughs> it, it
3: is because I'm, I'm still I'm like I, again skimming some of the things about it. Yeah, you know, the, there's a lot of questions about the whole thing. Is he hurt? Is it mental? And, you know, that's a whole different conversation. But to, again, take a couple games here and there, take something that's not his own fault, you know, with how many touches he's getting necessarily, and to build an article that completely ignores all of the dead money. I mean, yeah, I was on Spotrack as well. It was, yeah, like you said, a little over 16 million and then still 12.6 in 2020. It's like, it's just insane. Like, there's untradable.
1: no, <laughs> it's untradable. just unfraidable.
3: It's yeah. not yeah. possible. You know, it's one thing that – you can have an article talking about the contract itself, but the idea that they need to trade him, that it's just – it's not even a consideration.
1: So, so let me bring this all together here as we wrap all this, you know, picking on the media. And, and again, we're media guys <laughs> and we're picking on the media, OK? And I, you know – There, I could be honest and say there's probably a couple articles I've written for Clutch Points. I wish I can get back and go. You know what? I wish I would have said that differently. I wish I would have. Everybody goes back and think "Eh, that wasn't probably the best take. But these are borderline insane. And I guess asking you as a guy who is a content director and really kind of getting exposed to how the game is played. This, you know, the Super Bowl brings out I think every human hot take imaginable is this really where we're going in media? Just trying to hot, out, hot take each other and not research the stuff and not spend time uh, building a good brand and, and good content or is there hope somewhere?
3: I think there's hope. I mean, there's always going to be takes that are strong, but I think it's, it's important to have the backing and the actual argument to make, uh, make your argument withstand the test of questions from other people. like, you can have a take that some people might not agree with, but as long as you have actual well-reasoned uh, points that you bring up to support what you believe, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I have an issue more when people make arguments that they don't necessarily believe and they're just doing it for the sake of having that argument, knowing that it will do well. I uh, personally try to avoid that as much as we can here. There's going to be people that pitch ideas that I don't agree with, but if they you know, provide some answers... For the questions I have, sure they can write it and have their points be made, but like this one, obviously, as we've <laughs> gone over, wouldn't exactly pass the smell test with, especially with all the dead money issues and everything we just talked about. It's uh, it's kind of crazy, and but I think there's hope. I mean, there's still plenty of journalists doing great work. There's plenty of uh, writers out there that don't have you know sources, but they're taking the time to put together great arguments and great content that people enjoy and really are honest about what they're trying to do. I'm not, I mean, maybe it just doesn't, he doesn't, this writer doesn't know about how dead money works <laughs> and that's a crazy how thing. trading contracts like that works. I mean, that's fine, oh, that- but still that, that's not necessarily on him as much as an editor above him or someone else that can kind of review this.
1: Well, sure. But Dylan, look at his credentials. I mean, yeah. his credentials are off the chain. Member of the PF, the Professional Football Writers Association. He's written for, he's a featured writer for Bleacher Report, which is now moving more in that journalist route. He's, he's been at, I think it was the um, the National Post. I, forget, I, got, I had something in front of me. But he has quite the resume, and that's what really blew me away. You're not some dude just starting in the game. You are a guy now who is being read by millions of readers, and this is what you're throwing out there. And, you know, I guess I'm a little salty because, you know, this team doesn't need all this crap coming back from a Super Bowl loss. They don't need all this talk. If you're, you're, People are already talking about the loss in general. And what are you going to do now? Just just make up stuff. Why don't people just give credit to the, to the Patriots for playing a heck of a game defensively? <laughs> Why is it going to be you got to fix this and you got to fix that? You know, the Rams have to go out there and – and adjust to what the league is seeing now. no doubt they have stuff on film that people are seeing. That's what Bill Belichick clearly did. But I mean, now you're going down this road. Jared Goff, what? This gets to, you're gone in two years. That's your franchise quarterback. You got threw for 32 <laughs> touchdowns this year. Todd Gurley was NFL MVP from you know in that race for much of the year, and all of a sudden, hey, we gotta trade him now. How's that even educated?
3: It's, uh <laughs> it's not is the the short answer i don't know how to possibly uh, respond to that because i agree completely with every point you made <laughs> it's i I, under, I as a fan myself i instead of looking at personnel issues like this i, I enjoy more looking at things that could have been d- different done differently in terms of just like maybe one play here like a read that was missed things sure. like that or you know not adjusting uh, the approach as an offense or defense, whatever the case may be, depending on the game. That's completely different than saying <laughs> franchise quarterback, 24 years old. Sorry, see ya, we're done. Like, no, they. <laughs> this is not just some guy. It's tough because yes, I. Everyone still looks back to the first season, and then you see games like this, and you think of Goff's struggles as a rookie, and it's not. But he's just not the same guy. There's a. It's a completely different ballgame. We talked about earlier. It's the ninth Super Bowl that this team has been in with Belichick and Brady. Belichick forced Goff into some really tough situations. We the Rams didn't put him in a great position to succeed. When they did I not I, we haven't really talked too much about X and X's and O's and anything like that, but when they did throw out a 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends, he was much more effective with the added time. The first time they actually ran that play was the uh, or with 12 personnel a pass, was the missed touchdown the to Cooks when McCourty made that great breakup, but not, again, they just did not, he wasn't in a great position to succeed on Sunday in the first place. Didn't help that he didn't have a great game himself, but it's one game. It's Belichick. It's not the end of the world. There's so much optim, reason to be optimistic as a Rams fan and for the franchise itself with a lot of things they have going for it to just re- respond in this way. It's not realistic. It's, it's, I don't think anyone's actually considering it. I hope no, no, no one on the team is reading anything like this and taking it to heart. I don't believe they are. Um, and I, I the only problem I have mostly with these articles beyond that is just misinformation in terms of you might have fans read that article about Gurley not knowing some of the points that we brought up and then they're asking friends like hey like I read this thing like what do you think about this without having any context and it's just it's frustrating. I, I before I worked in media I tried to be a really educated mm-hmm. fan just because I care. And want to you know actually understand what's really happening, not just look at it from a baseline point of view. Um, yeah, it's it's just tough to <laughs> see these well, things. I as a as a sure. consumer of media, I don't really read these things personally, but I do understand as a member of the media how it can come up. But you just have to have more foresight. And I don't want to say anything badly about this writer, but man, it's a it's a tough article.
1: <laughs> I mean, no, hey, I'm not something personal to the writer, but. No, it's yeah. nothing personal to the writer, but it—I will say—the work itself is garbage. You're, you're mis, you are you are mis—you are misrepresenting the situation, and I'm on a huge rant, and I probably should move on now. So let's go ahead and do that. Um, hey folks, well, hey, Dale, I'm going to pick on you again, man. You ready? Yes. You ready? Okay. Have you been to the Golden Ram Barber Shop? I have not. Well, you know what. You need to make the magic happen, okay? If you are looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and you like the old-school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683 San Martinez. Open up the shop at the Shrine to the Rams on the day the team left for St. Louis. And he's kept the light on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALKS. We sent you and get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8am to 6pm and 7am to 4pm on Saturdays. One more time, give him a call. Trust me, if you want to talk football with the man, you got it. If you want to see basically a Rams Hall of Fame, you got it. It's all there in a tiny little barbershop where you can actually get the old school experience. Call him, 714-894-7267. Man, I'm telling you, he even made me look somewhat good looking, maybe. All right, so this takes us to Vinny Bonsignor, and we actually addressed some of these very same issues in the interview with him today. Gave us a lot of insight, especially into what the Rams were going to do with golf. He's 100% confident on golf in terms of where going. So without further ado, here is our interview with the man. <laughs> All right, folks, I'm here with the Athletics, Vinny Bonsignore. Did I get it right?
4: You absolutely did.
1: I ask you every single time because I need to make <laughs> sure I get it. And, you know, we had a, this was a fascinating week. And, and the, I'm not even talking about the Super Bowl, I'm talking about the after effects, because I swear the media just goes crazy. after this. I'm seeing all kinds of weird articles out there about it's time to trade. Early, or or is it, you know, wait out two years and go get Kirk Cousins. I'm seeing all this weird stuff, but overall, it's been, we're not hearing a whole lot out of the Rams right now. What was the atmosphere like when you got back, and and what were you able to kind of glean from the whole thing?
4: Well, first off, uh, just understand that there's, you know, media uh, members and media outlets that they're, they're not paid yeah. necessarily to be accurate. They're <laughs> I know, trying I know. to stir things up and get clicks and stuff like that. So, um, keep, always keep that in mind. Um, the, as far as the atmosphere and as far as the reaction, humbled, um, learning experience, disappointed, frustrated, uh, understood that there was a game to be won and chances to win it and they didn't. Took a couple plays here and there from the Patriots that they made that the Rams didn't, and that was really the difference of the game. Um, So a lot of frustration, a lot of disappointment, but a learning experience, and uh, overall, extremely proud of how far they got this year and where they went and where how they've how much they've turned this this program around in the last two years. And, and looking forward and trying to figure out ways to close those inches because it was just a matter of inches. On As bad as they played offensively, it's still just a matter of inches to close out a big game like that. Yeah, I mean, just on the Cooks'
1: play alone, if if that pass gets there just a couple of seconds sooner or it's a touchdown, this, the game's a whole different game.
4: Yeah, yeah even, and even in spite, I mean, the Patriots are celebrating a Super Bowl championship right now, and rightfully so, they made those plays. They didn't play that much better <laughs> offensively, at least, you know, than than the Rams. So, you know, if the Rams would have made a play or two, everything else about how bad the offense played or how good the Patriots defense played would have fallen by the wayside, just like it has for the Patriots, who were struggled just as much offensively as the Rams, say for a couple of plays here and there that they made.
1: Well, sure. Even on the golf interception, we go back and see film and we see he slipped. That's a throw we've seen him make over and over again. We saw him make that throw in the Minnesota game. Um, and so if he hasn't slipped or that ball is probably over Gilmore's head and, and guess whose hands those things, that pass lands in.
4: Right, right, so exactly.
1: It's just, you know, a game of inches and sometimes things just don't go your way. Um, I was pretty impressed with how, the Patriots play defense. They had that thing locked down. And, you know, hats off to them. I, I can't say anything. But the stories after the game, like you mentioned, the, the accuracy of people paying for clicks. Uh, we know that Todd Gurley did not did not do the whole scrum after when he got back from the media. Um, what are you hearing in terms of what's going on? Injury or not? We know what the Rams are saying, but do we really? What's going on?
4: Well, I mean, was he 100%? No, I don't think there's any way that anyone truly believes that he was 100%. I'll say that he was 100% of the 80% or 75% that he really was. Um, I don't think that the injury was a factor in uh, the Super Bowl, and I don't know if it was necessarily a factor in the NFC Championship game. I think he just was out of sorts in the Championship game, and I think that Sean McVay said, I don't have time to wait for you to get back into sorts. Um, got a, got a game to win here. Got a Super Bowl to try to punch our ticket to. And so he moved off of, uh, of Todd earlier in the early in that game and went with CJ Anderson. Although Todd did come in, you know, and, and made some pretty critical plays. He scored a very important touchdown run, um, you know, late in the first half. And also had a third down completion that went for a, a key first down in the drive that I believe tied the game. I want to say that kind of getting convoluted here, mm-hmm. but, um, but he made a couple of big plays. I don't, I just think that in the Patriots game, the, the, everything was squeezed down to such an extent in, in terms of the plays. There was no continuity. There was no traction. They weren't able to get into a rhythm. They weren't able to, Put together sustained drives, and if you look through the course of the year, when they got sustained drives, when they got production on first down, and kept the chains moving, Todd Gurley would always be involved in all of that, and the plays ensuing after you get a first down. None of that happened on 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 Sunday, and everyone wants to point to Todd Gurley, but you know who else's numbers were down? Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds. The tight ends didn't even get targeted in one
1: game. target. Yeah, just just one.
4: Yeah, one target. Um, so everything got squeezed down because of the lack of plays and the inability to gain any traction and build any momentum. Um, and I think that that's what happened on Sunday. I know everyone wants to go to the conspiracy theory and how healthy was he? I don't think he was healthy enough to have. If the Rams wanted to use, you know, run him thirty times a game, I think that would have been ill advised. I think they knew that. But as far as Was he incapable of making an impact and carrying the ball 17, 18 times and catching three or four passes? Yes. I think he was fully capable of doing that. I just think the game went sideways because of what the Patriots did to the Rams offensively.
1: Now we saw coach McVay really take ownership of that. And and going back and look at film, we can see several things we thought the Rams should have done. I mean, we could all play armchair quarterback and in some cases, we were probably right. They, he knew. He knew some of the things he botched up in there. So what was the attitude of Coach McVeigh overall and the rest of the coaching staff as to in terms of learning experience and preparation for next year? Because, they I mean, hey, Bill Belichick was in that position one too. I mean, I remember him going the Browns, and, man, I can tell you the stories I've heard of that locker room were a mess. And I am talking to a former Browns and Ransford, Frank Stansel, who told me about that. Uh, what is – What's the feeling there among the coaching staff about just adjustments for next year?
4: Well, I mean, we have to separate next year from one game. It was one game that both offenses struggled, um, because of really good defensive game plans. I, on my way home from Atlanta, I sat right next to the parents of a Patriots player and Mm -hmm. offensive player, and their parents, his parents were telling me, you know, um, her, their son knew a bunch of the players on the Rams defensively, and and afterwards, that player was telling Rams defensive players, "Wow, everything that you guys did defensively, we didn't see any of that on film." So the Rams had a great plan too, mm-hmm. um, you know, against this against the the, the the Patriots offense, much like the Patriots had, um, you know, against against the Rams offense, and it, and it literally came down to a couple of plays here and there, and if you notice. When it got right down to it, who did Brady really turn to? Edelman, Gronkowski, his playmakers, his guys that he's been relying on for a long time now. Um, The the, the Rams just couldn't get it done. So I guess what I'm saying is there's no big freak out here. You know what I'm saying? They, it, It was one game. It didn't go well for them offensively. But they're not going to scrap everything that they did to go sure. 15-3 and prior to that game and be one of the top offenses in the NFL. They're not going to scrap all of that because they struggled in one game, much like the Patriots won't, because they struggled <laughs> offensively in that game. You know, every game, and people say this, we write about it, we talk about it, and I know that fans sometimes take it as a cliche, but every game is its own entity. And you can't, like, freak out over – one game, one entity, one situation that went a certain way. So, yes, will they make adjustments? I think there's going to be more, you know, they'll, they'll be able to be a little bit more varied, a little bit more versatile offensively in their personnel groupings. I think in the draft and free agency, um, getting Cooper cut back, I think they'll be able to do that a little bit more just by their growth as a team. Um But I don't think they're going to change all that much just because one game went the way this one did.
1: Oh boy, they really missed Cooper Cup, didn't they? Yeah, they <laughs> no really did. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like
4: I said, if you look at what you know, what what Tom Brady and the Patriots did down that stretch, they went to to known enemies and and reliable players. And I think if you ha- if you have Cooper Cup on the field and Todd Gurley, who I don't think was 100%, but if you had 100% Todd Gurley and a Cooper Cup to complement everything else that they have offensively, I think things might have been a little bit differently offensively. But no excuses. They got, you know, they got outplayed defensively. Their offensive line didn't do a great job. Jared Goff didn't play very well under duress. Um, and there'll be some tweaks. There'll be some adjustments. There'll be some learning experiences and things that they can do if they get into that kind of a game that they'll turn to that they didn't on, on Sunday. But I don't think there's going to be mass changes or, or you know, crazy alterations to what the Rams do, because what the Rams do is working in to, to, a, to a big extent. It just didn't on Sunday.
1: Well, I remember going out to see the Detroit game earlier in the year and seeing – what Matt Patricia did. And the Patriots use a lot of those same things. And we talked, you just mentioned adjustments and kind of scheming to adjust to things now teams are starting to see in them. And, you know, if the Rams can do that, I think they'll be fine. But you mentioned also doing the same thing next year in terms in your personnel and so on and so forth. We're getting now into closer for agency and uh, the draft. And several guys were on the, the last years of the contract. So what are you hearing about, you know, ideas of people who are staying, going, negotiations, or is it just too early to tell now?
4: It's a little too early to tell. I mean, in some ways, the Rams, because you make the Super Bowl, are a little bit behind on all of that. Uh, I know that they're meeting right now and discussing things and trying to, um, you know, create a path, uh, to the, to the offseason, but a lot of it is also dictated on, What's the market for some of these players and, you know, salary cap and how much sure. do you vote to this guy and that guy and, and where do you put your resources? So a lot of those answers are being formulated right now. And even if you think you have the answers, you're not always going to have the answers because it's a two aid. It's a, it's a dance. You have players who, who want an agents who have a certain number and a certain amount of years and you as a team, have your idea of how it goes. And so what you think might work might not work and you're going to have to adjust from that. And then, you know, try to fix it in free agency or, or the draft. So it's it's really early in that process. Um, but obviously they have, you know, some key free agents, LaMarcus Joyner and Namaka sue Dante Fowler Jr., um, Roger Saffold. So there's guys that, you know, I'm sure that they want back, but, whether they can bring them back or not, considering other needs, we'll, we'll, that remains to be seen. It's not going to be the same team come, you know, minicamps and OTAs as it was that left Atlanta. There's going to be some changes That's just in the inevitability of the NFL. Well,
1: I'm, well, I'm looking at, like, Joiner. I'm thinking, he, there's no way he's back. Play him on a franchise tag, he, and, you know, and he did not really, for much of the year, perform up to that tag in many games. And then you're going to have Saffel. Saffel's the one I'm curious about overall. There was that video out with him talking about, it, and it did not sound like he did not sound like a guy coming back next year. But he's been an anchor inside that line. And you know, Sue, another guy that really have questions about, and who got paid a lot of money, but we didn't hear much about him until late in the year. But late in the year, the guy played excellent. Dante Fowler, I thought fit in really well at this team. So I'm wondering how they're going to work this, especially with Jared Goff. Coming up real soon, the guy decided they're going to, they're going to extend his fifth year. Are they going to take the fifth year or not? And so that's where we're looking. No, they're at.
4: taking the – I mean, I don't think it gets to that point. But he's – Well, yeah. Yeah. The fifth year is happening.
1: It's he'll happening. And we got to thick extension and they how much is going to want for extension. And so I'm wondering hometown discounts, who's going to take those, who won't take those. And, you know, so it's getting to be that time where mm-hmm. it's silly season. right and but you're saying it's too early at this point
4: well it's too early to speculate on exactly how it's all going to play out um you know they're formulating it they've got they've got their eye on players outside their building um that they that they like i'm sure and they have to evaluate like you know all right for each guy that's a free agent how much would we be willing how far would we be willing to go in terms of number and in terms of year and that's all things that are being considered and talked about and formulated right now. Um, and it's going to be a while before I think they, they, have, they confirm all of that up in terms of their own game plan for it. And, you know, as, as we always learn, your game plan isn't necessarily going to mesh with their game plan and their being the individual players. So, you know, uh, you just have to be – uh, you know, have, have what you think is a is a really good plan, um, but hold firm also in what you're willing to do and have backup plans and backup plans for the backup plans and just be flexible. Yeah. Um. I You know, I do know that the Rams are really happy with where they are right now, their young core and building around that core. Um, that's the trick. That's the key. They did it last year. They got to the Super Bowl. They want to not just get to the Super Bowl, but win the Super Bowl. So, you know, there will be changes and, and who comes back, I'm agreeing with you. I think Lamarcus Joyner is probably not gonna be back. Um but there's the market's gonna dictate other guys. Um but you know, we'll see. And it's it's a little too early right now to to really speculate on exactly how it's all gonna work out. There's gonna be surprises. There's gonna be Whoa, I didn't see that coming just as it was <laughs> just like last, last year. year. Who saw Brandon Cooks, who saw Sammy Watkins, who saw Marcus Peters, probably nobody. So Well,
1: I guess the one the, the one name I haven't mentioned yet, but we've we've heard the talk is Andrew Whitworth. You know, is there a feeling there with him is you know about retirement versus staying? Uh
4: n- n- in terms of their own building, no. Uh yeah. I think they're gonna respect his decision and they're gonna let him go sit off and talk to his family and contemplate it and, and accept whatever his decision is. So, you know, that, that remains to be seen. Um, they feel like they have, they love Joseph Noteboom. That's the guy that, um, you know, that they, that that's probably right now, as of right now today would be in line to replace them. Um, they don't want it to be that right now. They want Andrew Whitworth back, but, that's going to be Andrew Whitworth's decision and, and they're going to let him be and let him come to that conclusion one way or another.
1: One last question here. And this is kind of on the scope of the overall feeling here. This is a team, we're used to the team not being very good. And, you know, the LA Times with their, the Lambs, not Rams, a lot of Rams fans are pretty upset with that. And this is a bit of culture here that in terms of overall there's a lot of history there. So after two years now, three years, in the movements this franchise has made, what kind of inroads have has been made within the city of Los Angeles, including the media in terms of the Rams? Is How, how bright is this future?
4: Well, I think it's really bright. And I think that, you know, it's a 20-year increase in the um, – or 20-year high as far as – the local TV ratings, um, for the Super Bowl, that indicates right there that there's a whole bunch of new fans, um, that were interested in the Super Bowl, probably just because the Rams were in it. The local team was in it. So I can, I expect that to continue to grow. I expect, um, you know, more and more interest, more and more talk. It's a process and the Rams completely understood that they knew that they had a strong, base that remained intact and that were ready to welcome them back. Um, you know, when they when they moved back here in twenty sixteen. But at the same time, they also knew it's gonna be a process to regain their stature alongside the Dodgers and the Lakers as the premier um sports entities, professional sports entities here in Los Angeles. And they made they've made dramatic steps in that in that uh you know, as far as that objective goes. And this year was a, a tremendous boon for them in that in that direction. We see that in the ratings. We saw that in their attendance. Um, the Coliseum was electric at times this year, more often than not. So really, I mean, I've been in the Coliseum in some big, huge games, USC, UCLA, USC, Notre Dame, USC, Oregon, under the lights. The atmospheres that I saw at the Coliseum this year for the Chiefs and the Vikings, And even the Packers in a regular season game were more electric than any of those, and those are really electric, as good as it gets anywhere in the country. So um, you're starting to see more and more um, interest, more and more talk, and it's a good young team. They feel like, you know, they've got a great young quarterback, a great young coach, Aaron Donald, Todd Gurley is under contract, for a long time, so everything the needle's pointing up here, without question.
1: Oh, well, you mean they're not going to trade Gurley? They're not going to trade Todd <laughs> Girl. <no. laughs> I I don't think I've seen as boneheaded an article as I've seen <laughs> that, that one. Yes. Um, we'll I'm going to hammer, hammer that, that here that. on the show tonight. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, the um, I have to follow up for you, if, if I may, just to follow okay. up. Sure. Because um, you mentioned the Super Bowl ratings in LA, and of course, the reply, the the, the, the narrative we've seen is well, the Super Bowl ratings in L.A. were lower than other rings and cities across the country, and I saw you commenting on that. I'm I'm wondering this this honest question because we're we're seeing we've seen this with the Dodgers, the Lakers, other L.A. teams as well. What is it about L.A. that L.A. gets held to this different standard than the rest of the country? I mean, look at the well, I, I mean, just the Rams. They're they're intense throughout the year very good and they get hammered just because a bunch of fans from green bay show up yet twenty thousand empty seats in, in washington and tampa bay and nobody says a word
4: if you're asking me why well big target um some stupidity um on the part of commentators that have no clue how this market works jealousy there's a lot of jealousy going on let's face it we've got the beach we've got hollywood we're in Los Angeles. We're in mm-hmm. Southern California. Um, there's envy there. It's why people move here all the time. Um, and just an, a lack of understanding of the dynamics and how it all works. And, you know, they see if you go to a Dodger game and the, they're playing the Cardinals, you're going to see Cardinal fans. Guess what? A bunch of people from St. Louis left St. Louis and moved to Los Angeles and kept their love for the Cardinals. Big deal. That ha- You know, that's I I mean, that's how it goes. You go to a Mets Dodger game, you're going to see Mets hats there. People don't get or can't grasp or don't want to grasp the fact that California, Southern California, is a place that people move to to in droves to escape the cold, to chase dreams, to be a part of a great location, whatever whatever the motivation is, jobs, this is where they come. This is one of the places that they come. And as a result of that, some move here and their kids grow up as fans of the local teams, which look at the attendance of all the pro teams out here. They're among the best of any of the teams in the, sure. the in in all of sports. But some fans also just, I still love my Celtics. I still love the Mets. I still love you know, the Washington Redskins or wherever I moved from. And when their team comes to town, they're out in force to, to watch their teams. And we get it because we experience it all the time. It's not a negative. It's actually kind of a compliment, but other people, for whatever reason, and especially with the Rams, because the Rams made it pretty clear. We want to move back to Los Angeles. We feel like that's a better opportunity for us than here in St. Louis. And I think people were mad at the way it all went down and are saying, well, you moved to Los Angeles from St. Louis, If there's fans of the Chiefs at your games, and it's not working out. You should have stayed in St. Louis. And it's like, well, but that was expected. (laughs) So not sure what you're you're saying. Well, you're you're not going to win that argument, though. A lot of jealousy (laughs) and misunderstanding. All
1: right, well. Thanks so much. When this all clears up, when we get some free agency stuff going on and, and some draft stuff, we're going to want to talk to you again. Absolutely. Because, uh, you know, <laughs> this stuff is, is it's it's crazy season. Yeah. So thanks so much, Vinny. Always glad to get your point of view, and yeah, take it easy. Thanks so much.
4: You got it, man. All right.
1: We'll see you. All right, we're back, folks. There you go. Vinny, as always, has lots of good stuff, and I asked him a lot of the same tough questions on the media. I, does it? Would this count, Dylan, as the media hate hour today in terms of <laughs> sports media?
3: At least the the parts that annoyed us. But yes, it, you know, we could have been a little harder at certain points, but sure, I think it was. I think it was fair. <laughs> what we had to say. Yeah. You know, well, you, I think. Well,
1: just to kind of kind of lay it out, you know, I've been, I've, as a child, I grew up wanting to be a broadcaster. This is what I wanted to do, you know, and and things happen, life happens. I wind up joining the military. I wind up getting married early. Um, I leave the military to pursue teaching. I've given up on all this broadcasting. and I actually landed in sports writing. Okay, and that time in the service kind of builds that ethic. Hey, you want the right thing done. And when you learn how to do this craft, you want to see the right thing done. And when you don't see the right thing done, it you kind of take it personal because it's your craft. You don't want your craft being, well, craft on, for lack of a more dignified term. And that's kind of what I'm seeing this week. And it's a little more personal because this is my team. This is the team I cover. And I've been covering this at Rams Talk now for six years. And I would think because of what you do, you are... This is your director of content strategy. You're overseeing so much stuff that Clutch Points is putting out. How many articles are you guys putting out every day?
3: Uh, between the NBA and NFL, the last couple of days, it's been about 150 news articles each day. That's mostly because the NBA trade deadline yeah. is giving us tons of content. And then we have about, it looks like, 10 editorials, somewhere in that in that range. So, yeah, there's a lot of trust between, you know, we have a lot of editors and writers and different people managing different things i don't read every single article we publish but you you know you trust the people under you and they overlook everything and it's uh i'm lucky to have some great guys that work with us that i uh, never have to really worry about reading over anything because i know they'll do a great job themselves but yeah it's uh (laughs) things like this i'm sure there's people at Bleacher Report for that last article that would see that and be like, what the heck is this? But
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I saw that today. I pitched an article today for you guys, and man, they really, they, the editors really went into me and broke down what they want to see, and we had to kind of debate the argument with it, and make sure that when this thing is published, it's, it's the right thing, mm-hmm. and that's how it really should be. That's how it should be when you guys put out material and you kind of have to wonder, is that that what's happening across the field? And it's also, in the back of your mind, you should always remember that I'm no better than you, you're no better than me in this field. We're all working to get to get somewhere, and that is to provide excellent content, but man, when it's bad, you got to call it out because you don't want to be a part of it. That's just kind of how I view it, you know? And Mm -hmm. it hit hard because it's the Rams. That's what the truth of it. It involved the Rams. That's really it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely is a bitter pill when it's your own team I know uh, on a personal level after the Dodgers lost the World Series not this past one but two years ago I Mm -hmm. could not read anything related like for like months it was like last season was a whole hangover from that World Series loss of the Astros I couldn't even uh, take it in so I can't imagine (laughs) even with the Rams right now it's not the same feeling I had then Um, I understand it's a lot different when it's your own team and you care.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, it is. And I feel kind of the same way with what's brewing with Mike Trout. I'm an Angels fan, and Mike Trout will be on the market very soon unless they can find a way to keep him. And if I'm Mike Trout, I'm thinking, well, do I want to stay? So I'm waiting until all these hot takes start coming about Mike Trout here real soon. I mean, one of the best players of his generation. And we're (laughs) going to see garbage take after garbage take out there. Um, real quick, in terms of Rams news, we're seeing very little leaking out now. We do know Todd Gurley is, um, did bypass his exit interview with the media, so we don't really know what's going on there. Um, Vinny kind of gave a little bit of an idea what uh, what they're seeing and feeling. Of course, you don't know what's happening with Andrew Whitworth. He's taking some time. I kind of sense he'll be back, but I, I could be wrong. He seems really committed to the organization. Um, besides that, things are really, really quiet out there with the Rams right now after this week. And so that's really all we got for you folks. It really is. And, and, uh, I hope you enjoyed our, our media bash session. I hope I didn't hit them too hard. Um, we do want to let you know that we are looking for sponsors. Reach out to us, please. Rams talk, 1945 at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at six, five, seven, six, 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 five, four, five, three. We have a media kit ready to get out to you and you know, Hey, we have some pretty good rates. And uh we're pretty proud of where this podcast has gone. We're doing the best we can to keep the lights on. We're not in the frigid cold yet, I promise you that. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. We also have the Rams Talk Room. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo, and I got a challenge for y'all. I got a real deal challenge. I looked up D, uh, I looked up Dylan here on Twitter today. Okay, been following each other for a while, but I didn't notice the dudes only got like
3: a hundred and what 10 followers. Yeah. they're I'm not sure if they're all real people or, you know, bots. Oh
1: my. <laughs> so here's my challenge. This is the listener challenge folks. All right. Go follow them. Let's see. Let's see if, if you're listening all the way on the show, go follow them. And you know what? Maybe just maybe there might be a t-shirt in it, in it for somebody. All right. So check them out at Dylan, R- Dylan Reagan, like Ron Reagan, Donald, uh, Dylan Reagan, uh, 25. Don't forget some iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, all those places. We're there. IEBeatRadio.com plays our show on Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at, at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. And a special thanks to our guest today, Vinny Monsignore. And one more thing. Don't forget to check out Clutch Points as well as our site, Rams Talk. we putting up new content. Dylan, any final thoughts?
3: No, I think that's it. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on and hope to be on again soon.
1: All right. There you go, guys. Uh, this is for the entire Rams Talk crew. We'll be back next week to hopefully not yell at the media. Um, we, we would like to not do that anymore. That was a hopefully a one-time thing. In the meantime, go Rams.